Hello and welcome to the Exvangelical Podcast. Here we discuss Christian renovation, which is the deconstruction-reconstruction process, and men's mental health issues. I'm Mark West, your host and the author of What He Said, Living the Sermon on the Mount, Transforming American Culture. I'm also the first Exvangelical. You can find me on Twitter and the gram at Mark4Libertas. My book is available at markwest-author.com. You can check out my exvangelical blog at mark4libertas.wordpress.com. I'm on Facebook as Exvangelical. Today, I'm discussing my undefeated MMA career. Let's get to it. One moment. Several years of hard work, commitment, and dedication were going to pay off. I was primed and in the best shape ever. It was the culmination of the most intense two-year stretch of my life from a fitness standpoint. I was eating right for the first time as an adult. Oats, protein, veggies, and fruits. I hadn't eaten a sugary dessert in several months. I was in the gym every morning at 4.30 a.m. and several nights a week. I was a chiseled machine. I decided after a couple of years of training that I wanted at least one fight. I was going to step in the MMA cage. That was monumental for me. I'm not a violent person. When I started my weight loss journey, I was fat, nearly 200 pounds on my smallest 5'4"-ish frame. By fight day, I was down to a sleek 135 and ready to trade. My fight camp wasn't without its setbacks. Three months before my fight, a guy with caveman as his handle helped me break my foot while doing wall drills. Then came gauntlet night. This was the night about a week out from my fight in which I was going to fight for a half hour straight without a break. The design of gauntlet night is to push your limits. Unfortunately, not a lot of guys showed up for my gauntlet night, and the ones who did were way out of my weight class. It is what it is. That night, I suffered a flash knockout after eating a spinning back kick from a dude going by the moniker Freight Train. Ouch. Fight training strengthened both my body and my mind. It sharpened my ability to learn from losing. I was vaguely familiar with the concept prior to training, but came to grips with how vital it is, not only to growth as a fighter, but to mental and emotional stability as well. The experience opened my soul to a new meaning for a passage that became my theme, and it wound up on my fight shirt. Weakness can be strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I gained a life-transforming appreciation for weakness. Because of my scar that I spoke about last time, I believe that weakness and vulnerability were dangers to be avoided. At my weakest moment, the most horrifying thing happened to me, so I chose to never be weak again. I didn't realize I was simply masking my insecurity with machismo. Mixed martial arts training ripped that veneer out of my spirit and inspired me to become something better. Someone more secure and empowered. Weakness and vulnerability became my superpower. 
Piece by piece, I found strength in exposing my vulnerabilities. God proved this truth in my life. Vulnerability is powerful. I was surprised at how much I was growing spiritually because of something physical. More time in prayer, meditation, and Bible reading had not opened me up to this alternate growth opportunity. My life began to open at this point to a variety of methods that Christ can speak to us. The scripture spoke into my life anew because I was training MMA. My understanding of this principle was enhanced with new perspective. I was beginning to learn how vibrant God is when we add perspective to our understanding. (laughs) Believe it or not, Perspectives is the name of a course I took that began this transformational journey for me. That course led me to the red dirt roads of Uganda. I'll get to that in another post. I've learned that God speaks to us in a variety of ways. We try to box him up because of our comfort zone. We vainly attempt to limit a limitless being. We need to listen in all of our circumstances. He speaks in unique and odd ways. Our vulnerability is just one of the ways he speaks. Just know that there is power in being vulnerable. You'll be amazed at the who and how many of those who come to you having faced similar troubles. One of the awesome things about that time was my wife and kids. They were all training as well. I can't put into words how much I enjoyed watching my wife putting in that kind of work. It was a lot of fun to practice and train MMA with my kids as well. We bonded a lot during that stretch. Finally, fight night arrived. It was a midsummer Saturday in Corning, Arkansas. I was scheduled to preach the next morning, so I was definitely concerned what my mug was going to look like afterward. My nerves were on edge. I did everything possible in hopes of distracting myself. I was forced to spend the night in Corning because weigh-in was on Friday. I was alone. When you grapple with anxiety, such is the absolute worst place. I used the evening and failed attempts at freshening up my sermon. My mind kept jumping to the fight. Anxiety makes you focus on all the worst case scenarios. As I tried to read or watch TV, my mind kept racing through all of the what ifs. Sleep was fleeting. I've gotten accustomed to my wife sharing my bed. Couple that with my overworking mind and I had the recipe for a long night. After awakening the next day, I had a lot of time to pass before my fight. I spent most of it at the park across from Walmart, walking, reading, meditating, etc. I'm fairly certain that even some work came up that I completed while waiting. The arrival of my family and coaches that afternoon was a stress reliever. It was also a benefit being around familiar faces. Josh Hudson and Dave the Duke Burrow worked my corner that night with Tyrone Page helping complete my walkout honorage. A ton of credit is deserved by Matt Sellers and the Without Limits crew for getting me ready for this day. Fight time arrived. I was brimming with so much energy that I didn't take my time walking to really bask in my walkout music. I was ready to get it on. Fight! After tapping gloves, we had an opening exchange. Neither of us landed anything, but as I tried to set up a strike angle, I tangled my feet and I fell backward on my fanny. No, that was not part of the plan. 
Fortunately, my opponent charged in rather than cautiously approach, and I was able to grab him, waist grab him, and press him against the cage. He attempted a headlock, but couldn't get it, so I tightened my grip, lifted him, and slammed him center cage. My ground game was leaps ahead of my stand-up. I started working for the mount. After taking it, I made several attempts at an armed triangle that fell. The first round ended. I was winning the fight. I just needed to keep pressing. I felt like I could finish my opponent. I came out in the second round and wasn't going to waste any time in the stand-up. He fired a couple of looping jabs, and I shot in and had him on, had him on the mat against the cage in short time. When I took them out this time, I just started pounding away. The ref stopped the fight. Victory! I was so excited that I was high-fiving my corner guys to the cage. I'll post a link to the video of the whole fight below if you want to watch. My weakest spot in that fight was on my tail in the first round. Being in that position heightened my senses, and it put me on alert. I knew what kind of hell my opponent could have rained down on me if I hadn't acted quickly. What I didn't realize at the time was how important the journey that brought me to that place was in preparing me for that moment. I had a fresh and revitalized understanding of vulnerability and weakness. As much as I hated it, this chapter in my life was closing faster than I realized. I would soon retire from MMA because of issues with vertigo. Nice to hang them up unbeaten. Sad to do so before I was ready. But it prepared me for the next chapter. The next three years of my life would be dominated by a pair of political campaigns. We'll get into that later. Next up, we're finally going to talk about a little orange book that began this phase of my life. Oh, but in case you didn't catch it, I shared this story to explain why I've chosen the path of vulnerability in this series of posts. Vulnerability is powerful. Grace and peace. Vulnerability. It scares even the bravest of men. One thing that guys are raised not to be is vulnerable. And because of it, we wind up with a lot of mental health issues that go unaddressed because we're too busy toughing through it. We're too busy roughing it out. Uh, because that's what we're told. We're taught as children, especially male children, that you don't cry. We're taught that Emotion is weakness. We're taught that if we can't muscle our way through, then we're not really a man. And that's part of what this podcast is, is aimed at confronting, is this mindset that a real man doesn't have tender emotions. You see, it's okay for a man to be this, this, um, trying to think of the best way to describe it. Um, you know what? I know how to describe it. There are these, uh, four guys, uh, they do these YouTube videos. I'm trying to think of what, dude, perfect. That's what they are. And you have these, they do these caricatures sometimes in their videos. And, and one of the guys is always this, this rageaholic, uh, type, uh, the, the rage monster, and he's always the one that tears stuff up when it doesn't go the way he wants it to. You see, we've trained ourselves that being the rage guy to, to living in this rage, that's acceptable. That's an acceptable male emotion. But we've taught that it's unacceptable for a man 
cry. It's unacceptable for a man to have his feelings hurt. So instead, we've got this rage culture that dominates men. It's why so many men are violent. I mean, just you can look at the numbers, you know, men are the ones that that trigger and initiate most of the violence we have in this country. Violence against women, violence against children, violence against each other. The leading category is is men. It's our uncontrollable rage because we've never dealt with these underlying emotions, these underlying hurts that drive the rage. We just act out in rage, and somehow because we're enraged, that's acceptable. It's like when, and to show you kind of the comparison, when you see an angry woman, you know, she's made fun of as being too emotional. But when you see an angry man or a man acting out of rage, that's okay. That just means he's tough. He's strong. He's built for it. He can, he can take on the world with that rage. You see, we baptize rage and violence in order for men not to confront and deal with the issues that lie beneath. That's why everything I deal with is going to center on this concept of vulnerability, being able to share what's going on in our story, being able to take hold of our story and start telling our story. Because each of us has a unique story that that we can offer to the world around us, but that story is going to begin with our vulnerability, not our strength. All the things that we think are going to matter or that that matter for time or for anything going on in our lives, those things, they, they really don't. What matters is being able to be real about who you are, to be genuine about what you're feeling and, and what you're struggling with and what you're grappling through. You see, that was one of the things I so appreciate uh, from MMA and my few years spent doing that was this power of vulnerability in MMA the big deal is you never lose you either win or you learn and hopefully you always learn hopefully you learn when you win and you learn when you lose because you learn from the things you do right and you learn from the things you do wrong we need to learn from our weakness not run from it And I think that's why we have so many immature, grown men is because they've spent their lives running from their vulnerability. They spent their lives hiding from their weaknesses. They don't want anybody to know what they're really dealing with on the inside. They're they're too ashamed of those things. um, They've been taught that those things have to stay hidden. Those things have to stay beneath. But what we find and what Scripture says, especially the passage I cite in the, in, the, in the blog post, is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. We see that it's our weakness that allows the power of Christ to flow through us. It's our weaknesses that display the strength of God. You know, we, we fail at contentment. I don't know how many guys I know and I've met that are, and and I've been one of them. Let let me not leave this out there like somehow it's every other guy but me. 
there are so many guys just like me who spent so much time striving. And that's what I talk about in this podcast is this three-year run that I had where I was uh, running for office, uh, these political campaigns. You know, that was more of my own personal striving. That was my own lack of contentment. That was my own inability to really be vulnerable with other people. I had to hide it. I had to disguise it. I had to continue wrapping that vulnerability in this machismo because I didn't want people to know the real me. I didn't want people to know the struggles I was facing, the battle I was enduring. And because I didn't, I wound up about six to eight months after uh, my second campaign ended in November of 2018 in a horrible depression. That was a very, very dark period of my life. Um, And it was a slow climb back out of that pit. It took me several years to climb out of it. I mean, it, it got where I was through the darkness, but I still had to climb the hill back up to, to the light and the joy of living. And it took me a long time to get there. I mean, it, it was at least another two years before I finally felt like I was out of the pit. Uh, but we are so afraid of being vulnerable. We're so afraid of people seeing our weakness. As for MMA, I'm I'm very sad that those days are gone. I really enjoyed training. Uh, my vertigo just doesn't allow me to roll around on the mat or get punched in the head anymore, or as we call it, get punched in the face. Um, unfortunately, my my gut could really use some more MMA time. I've I've got to find some better ways to to get that off, but. The one thing I want to leave you with today is is don't be afraid of where you're vulnerable. Don't be afraid of where you're weak. Because in those things, Christ can be strong. He can be your strength. And I know there are some of you that, that listen and, and read uh, from me who aren't really on the, the Christian path. But I want to tell you that even if you aren't looking to the Christian angle of it, you can still find strength in your vulnerability. You can still find power in embracing where you've come from, what you've endured, and understanding who you are as a human being. Especially if you're a guy and you're dealing with a bunch of rage and you're struggling with violence. I'm positive if you're in that spot, you've got some stuff stuck underneath, lingering, festering under the surface that's, that's driving that rage in your life. And the only way you're going to be able to get rid of that rage and that violence is to deal with what lies beneath. And that's what I hope to do in this podcast is to challenge you to deal with what's underneath. There's nothing wrong with having a good counselor. Uh, there's nothing wrong with expressing your story to someone else. Because until you tell your story, you can't understand your story. And until you understand your story, you can't heal from those wounds. You can't you can't find the salve for your scars until you've done that. And that's what I want to challenge you to as I do this podcast today. Now, I'm looking forward to the next time uh, we're going to get more into my what I call the exvangelical aspect of, of what I'm doing. Um, 
we'll be defining that more as, as time goes on. Uh, but keep your eyes out for the Exvangelical Creed uh, that I'll be posting and and what Exvangelical actually means. Uh, but I want to thank you for listening. And remember, uh, you can find me on all the social media sites that you heard earlier in the podcast, uh, Twitter and the gram at Mark for Libertas, my blog at markforlibertas.wordpress.com. You can find my book, What He Said, Living the Sermon on the Mount, Transforming American Culture at markwest-author.com. Uh, just look me up. I'm also on Facebook as Exvangelical. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, I hope that listening to this today has blessed you and challenged you. And until next time, I just want to say grace and peace.